God Podcast, episode 56. Hey, it's Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, and I have another wonderful guest for you here on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast today. So I want to introduce you to Jeff Altman, the big game hunter. I like yeah! He's been an executive recruiter and a career coach for what seems like a hundred years. Uh, I get where you're coming from. He is the coach behind JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. It's a site where job hunters can, can watch, they can listen to and read material that simplifies the job search, plus receive coaching through their job search. He works as a job hunter's ally throughout their search. So. Jim, welcome to Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. Jeff, yes. I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at something. You know, I did that to somebody yesterday. I'm so terrible. I no, try great. and get all my ducks in a row, and, I'm, and I didn't edit that one thing. And you know. I'm terrible. You know, people make mistakes. We I do. make mistakes. You make mistakes. This, make was, mistakes. this is one. In fact, I'm going to a- type over it right now so it doesn't happen again. Okay. Jeff. Yes. Game Hunter. Okay. <laughs> and see how easily he forgave me. I like people like that. It's no no use holding a grudge. So I gave people a little uh, intro to you, but why don't you expand on that a little bit? Tell us more about you, what you do, and don't be afraid to admit whether or not you two are a boomer. So my name is Jeff, and I'm a boomer. <laughs> and... Um, I started doing recruiting in 1972. That translates into the year where Richard Nixon traveled to China. Uh, David Bowie was introducing Iggy Pop. The popular game of the time was Pong. Remember Pong? <laughs> yes, things have changed a little bit since the Pong days. Yes. And, um, you know, since that time in, in my life as a recruiter, uh, I filled more than 1,200 positions on a full-time basis plus consulting assignments, written eight books, a bunch of guides to job hunting, created more than 1,500 YouTube videos. I host Job Search Radio and a couple of other shows about job search and hiring. I'm exhausted talking about all the things I do. <laughs> you remind me of me. That's that's a quite a diverse resume. But when you're in business for yourself and you're doing your own marketing, the, that's the kind of stuff that you have to be doing. I love hearing about all those YouTube videos. That's fantastic. Thank you. Does that drive a lot of traffic for you? It drives traffic to me, but more important, it creates impressions of me where they can trust people can trust me. Because the fact of the matter is with most recruiters, uh, the industry doesn't have a great reputation and deservedly so. Right, right. And I have to well, look. Well, they're called and- headhunters for a reason, I guess. Right. That's right. I've, 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 I have my headhunter hat on today. Yeah. And, and and part of it is we're hired by employers to find talent, and we're not hired by individuals to find them a job. It's one of the reasons that Job Search Coaching HQ is going to be such an interesting idea for folks because. I'm pivoting and being the ally for job hunters, uh, taking the mythology out of job search, uh, making it easier for people to understand what's going on for them, as opposed to dealing with the other interests that all have big money behind them. Right, right. And uh, I assume LinkedIn is a huge tool for you. 
Oh, of course. LinkedIn has replaced the file cabinet or the database as as being a tool for knowing everyone. And and yes, it is a tool, but that's all it is. Ultimately, we have to have a client who's paying us. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So I assume that you'll work with people from all different age groups, or do you do you find that you're constantly working with a you know a particular age individual? Generally, people who uh, who come to me are forty and over. Uh, I, I naturally attract an older clientele these days. Uh, you know, there's a number of reasons for it. I suspect one is that beautiful face of mine. Uh, they see the gray in the beard. Uh, they hear the experience that I have, and younger people may wind up being intimidated by it or feel that I don't understand. Or Clearly, I do, and I happen to be a big advocate for millennials, but they don't know that. Uh, so the natural attraction that I have is for the older worker. Makes a lot of sense to me. That's You end up um, attracting people who are in your peer group. That's normal. I often told people when I was helping them with their marketing, to if they were writing down the persona of their ideal client, Right. Yes. To to not be completely surprised if that persona turned out to be a lot like them. It's because very that's what happens. Yes, it's very common. And one of the, the things that from a coaching perspective, why it makes sense for the older worker to be attracted to me is they've got some money <laughs> that you can afford to pay for right. coaching, whereas right. younger workers are reticent because they'd rather pay it at the bar bill. Yes, right. No, absolutely. And if if I were twenty something again, I, I would probably make the same decision. You know, I, I mean, you know better, so maybe you wouldn't. But that's that's probably the decision I would make. So, do you find working with boomers different in any way? You know, the common lament I have about boomers is they've got the, a built-in excuse for why they're unsuccessful with job hunting, oh. and the. And the built-in excuse, of course, is the manager is much younger than me. And and they start to whimper rather than look in the mirror and see what they haven't done to really be successful in the search. Like, you know, when job hunters are looking for work, there's homework that you have to do because the skills needed to find the job are different than the ones needed to do the job. And And older workers tend to get what I'll call fat, dumb, and happy, lazy. They don't do the work uh, to prepare for the interview. They don't do the work to get a great resume done. You know, they do it, you know, they take half measures at best and they get the results that they deserve. So they walk in on an interview unprepared and they blame the hiring manager's age when the real issue is their lack of preparedness. So are they falling back on their years of expertise thinking I don't I don't need to study for this. I can I can walk right in because I know what I'm doing. Kind of attitude. And it's yes, it's exactly it. I want to build on that, but I don't really need to. You know, people you know um, sit on their laurels. And at the end of the day, preparation is such a huge part of of presenting effectively in job search, in life in general. Uh, you know, if you go into a speech and you haven't rehearsed it, you know, what happens? 
you know, suddenly, you know, you fail <laughs> and you freak and you yeah, go crazy. Exactly. You got to practice. Exactly right. So it's let's kind of, give people some tips so that uh, if they're listening to this podcast, they, they at least have an understanding. They might start to recognize themselves in in a little bit of the description that you've already given. So if they are starting to recognize themselves and those excuses that are running through their head and they're starting to realize, mm, well, maybe it's me and not uh, the, the process that's going on that I'm not controlling. What are some tips that you can give them to maybe help them get on the right track? Well, the obvious one that we've just discussed, of course, is preparation for interviews. You know, there are very predictable questions that you're going to be asked. And you might as well rehearse it and rehearse well enough to not sound rehearsed. Well, what, what's a predictable? I haven't done an, I haven't gone on a job interview in a really, really, really long time. Who was president when you went on your last interview? <laughs> Uh, hesitation. Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it was in the 90s, probably. Ooh. I don't know. Could have been first that... George Bush, maybe. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. So, but... you know, I can understand where, where people are coming from. I, I read an article not too long ago about some of the really, what I think are wacky questions that recruiters might ask you, you know, like if you were, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? You know, those, those kinds of questions. And I think, oh my God, I'd have no idea what to (laughs) say to somebody who asked me one of those out of the box out there questions that has nothing to do with the job. So that gives me back to what I had asked you. What's a, what's a common question that you know is coming? Well, I'm going to take a a quarter step back and talk about the typical interview, which which the typical interview for most job hunters starts off with, tell me about yourself and what you've been doing professionally. And you do. And then you play interview karate for a while. You know, they throw another question at you and you block it with your right arm. And then they throw and you put up the and you go back and forth for a while until eventually they get to the point where they say, so do you have any questions for us? You say, tell me about the job. They do that. You go, sounds terrific. Great. We'll get back to you. And that's the typical interview. So my philosophy is to start off differently. And instead of waiting for them to ask the first question, what I want you to do is to say, thank you so much for making time to see me today or, or to speak or, or to schedule this call with me. You know, I spoke with Jeff Alpin about the job or I reviewed the position description you know, before the call. And, you know, I have a decent take on it, but I want to get your opinion about it. Could you tell me about the job as you see it and what I can do to help? And what that does is it deals with the fact that job descriptions often change from the time that they were originally formulated until the time that you walk in the door. So even though you've got that wonderful job description that you're reading from, you know, it may not be exactly right or they may emphasize different things. So, So you get the current thinking about the job so that when they finish telling you about it and they start going to tell me about yourself, you can talk about what you've done that matters to them and not just talk about what you've done very clever very clever because now you're really gearing your answers toward the specific job that they told you they're looking to fill 
Right. It's kind of like in sales. When a salesperson, uh, I'll use the car dealer. You go to a car dealer to buy a car and you sit down and the, the salesperson comes over and says, we've got a deal on minivans. I know you asked for a sports car, but we've got minivans. They don't do that. Right. They, they, they try to identify what your need is. And that's what I'm asking job hunters to do. Okay. And the, and the only quirk to this is, so when they get around to asking you about the questions that, that you have, you can't ask about the job. <laughs> so you have to plug something else in. And the, the thing I always start off uh, asking people to do is, so let's say you hire me and it's a year from now. And I haven't just done a good job. I've done a spectacular job amongst the best that you've ever seen. What would I have accomplished during this year that would cause you to think that way? You are so good. You're so good. Now well, I, I know why you're the big game hunter. Okay. I love that. And, and I, I realized that that would be a great question years ago when a client manager of mine had changed jobs, took a position at a firm, and didn't know that he was taking, off, taking over a project where 80% of the money had been spent, but only 20% of the work had been done. Oh, my goodness. And thus, he was the fall guy for this project. The other person left because he messed up. And now they were hiring someone who is ultimately going to be fired. So there's no way to win. Right. So you learn what you're stepping into from that. And then you can follow up by asking them about the first 30, 60, 90 day expectations they'll have for you. So that in this way, sometimes you hear that your future boss could be a lunatic. And sometimes you hear that this is a, a job that you can step into and be a hero very easily. Right. Better to know beforehand than suddenly have them go, surprise! Right, and let it be part of your you know, pros and cons columns while, while you're trying to decide whether or not you really want that job. Right. Yeah. You know, another thing people can do is make sure that their resume and their LinkedIn profiles are congruent. You know, these days, everyone goes to LinkedIn, and it's astonishing to see that when people send in resumes, their profiles don't match up. Suddenly, you know, there's extra jobs on one or the other, and firms go, okay, what's this all about? (laughs) And the next thing they do is they hit the delete key. So uh, make sure the data about your experience is congruent. Make sure the dates are congruent. And, you know, just make sure everything matches up properly so there are no surprises because surprises are never good in job hunting. Right. Do you really still need a resume today? Yes. Um, Yeah, because LinkedIn is kind of like sending the same resume out over and over and over again. Uh, It's like the broken watch that's right twice a day. You know, it'll be right twice, but the rest of the time it's not quite correct. It's the same thing of sending the same resume out, except resumes make it easier to tailor them uh, for the submittals. Right, okay. So you do need a resume, uh, and what's best is rather than sending out resumes is using LinkedIn to connect with people who work at at the firm that you're trying to get into to see if they'll provide the introduction for you. Uh, So this way you wind up with social proof uh, because someone who's valued is referring you. Right. A warm introduction instead of a a cold call. So, and what what I'm hearing you sort of allude to is that 
the resume that you do send out should be <laughs> at least partially tailored to the position you're applying for. It should Without- be that generic, re- you know, it, back in the day, we do our resume and then you go print it out on some nice paper and you just mailed that same thing out to everybody. Right? Uh, the you- cover letter. The parchment paper. Yes, the parchment paper. And the, the next time I will see a parchment paper will be the first time this decade. <laughs> I'm going to write you a letter on parchment paper. Just, just promise, promise. <laughs> but the tailoring is important, not just in wardrobe, but in resumes as well. Uh, so, you know, it, it's customizing for the audience as opposed to, you know, sending this flat generic document that you, that you send everywhere. Like I said, the broken watches will be right twice, right. but it, most of the time it isn't effective. Right. Right. So the stuff that's on page two of your resume on the bottom needs to get moved into a place where it's much more visible. Okay. All right. What do you see as the biggest challenge that boomers are facing in hitting the job market again? What's their biggest obstacle? Well, the market is generally a less expensive market than where the boomer is used to earning. Boomers have risen in compensation. Uh, I was uh, I got an email from someone yesterday who's finishing a project for a bank in North Carolina, now is looking for a new position. The market for what he does is probably $80,000 less than what he's used to pay, uh, being paid. And, and that's an extreme example, but most boomers have become fairly experienced and thus more highly compensated. Every older group, every older demographic faces this. The boomers are just the current wave, and because they are as large and substantial as they are, it's going to be really painful for the boomers when the next recession comes, because it's not that far away. And boomers, like everyone in this economy, are completely unprepared for when the next recession hits, which to me is maybe two, two and a half years at most away from us. So, you know, I use the example of compensation as one thing, and thus the network has to be ready for the boomer. You know, you can't just arrive out of work and say, hi, can you help me? I know we haven't spoken in five years, but can you help me? So cultivating the network proactively and, and being of help to people now and letting them help you goes a long way. So at that time where you need assistance, when people are being you know, brought into the conference room, hi, you got a minute? We, we'd like to talk in the conference room where everyone knows you're about to get fired. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wait until then to have your network in place. You want right. to be proactive and use this time. You know, frankly, I expect it's going to happen at the end of next year at the latest. Wow. I'm going to have to talk to you again uh, then, and we'll, we'll see what's happened. Tops two years, most likely next year. Well, with this crazy election cycle, I, I have no clue what's what's going to happen with the economy and and everything else. There's so much riding on that, you know. And the job jobs for boomers is just one of those things. And then I hear I have three millennial children, my oldest of whom has graduated college, and I heard him say because he still hasn't gotten his career starting job. He's had jobs, but not that career foot in the door starting job. He graduated a year ago from college. 
And he said, mom, it's not my fault that the boomers aren't retiring to make room for me. And I thought, you know what? You got a point. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely right. You know, I love the millennials. You know, I, I did a, a webinar and a podcast last last week about you know hiring millennials and how firms need to understand the millennial in the workforce. And you know, the fact of the matter is the millennials are the best educated, most tech-savvy population we've ever had, and they're treated like fungus. Just like every generation has entered the workforce, all the same stuff is told, except now they involve you know, the phone. You know, uh, you know, they're lazy. They'll never adapt. You know, uh, all they want is, uh, and, and I'm, I'm talking about the boomers yeah, now. Yeah, when yeah. The boomers right. enter the workforce. Right. Yeah. Just like our, our parents, you know, before us talked to, yeah, I get it. And, and the one thing that we should all remember is that the world is going to continue to change whether you like it or not, it's going to continue to move forward and it's going to change from what you've become accustomed to. And you're not going to stop that. So you might as well, you know, start building the bridge between uh, our generation and the generations behind us so that we can pass knowledge along instead of complaining about how, why aren't you exactly like me? Well, because the world's changed. They shouldn't be exactly like us. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We've done some great things, but there have also been some less than, uh, less than great things. Yes, yes. And millennials are so uh, open-hearted about everything. You know, when you hear them, not that I always agree with their, their politics, I'm a much more conservative person, but they're really open-hearted about one another and about the world and, and just wanting to get along, right? Wanting everyone to love one another. It's starting to sound like the 60s, right? And the boomers, yes, right? If they can think back to that, it's, you know, it's the that idealism that you sort of lose as you get older and, and you've dealt with reality, you know, your reality year after year after year, and you start to lose some of those idealistic traits. Um, it's refreshing to watch them. The boomers unlike all the generations that preceded them, were raised in a school system that didn't always tell them, shut up, do what you're told, you know, be quiet, regurgitate a bunch of stuff, or else you won't get into a good school, you won't get into a good job, you know, or we'll fire you. That hasn't happened to the millennials. They, they basically were, were offered opportunities to be creative mm -hmm. as part of their education, with the result being, in some respects, they're not well prepared for, for corporate life. Right. Right. And what they would be prepared for is far more inventive than the tasks that they're really being given to do. Yes, yes. And, and how interesting it's going to be to see them use the gifts that they innately have because of the time that they grew up in to solve the, the problems and the tasks that they're given in ways that we weren't expecting. I so hope that that happens because what happened to the hippies, what happened to Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, no, Gen Z is the one that follows the millennials. Uh, what's happened to the other generations that precedes them is they got ground down uh, and became cogs in the machine. Mm -hmm. With the result being, you know, my hope is the millennials, because of tech, may wind up with a, a different future. Right. It's, it's, it's fascinating to watch.
I, I enjoy it very much. So for boomers who are listening to us and, and are thinking to themselves, uh, okay, I believe him. Maybe I need to start working on my network or maybe I need to update my resume or what the heck is this LinkedIn thing that he's talking about? You know, all these questions that are running through their mind right now. And is there really going to be a recession in another two years? And am I totally screwed? So as they're thinking all these thoughts, what would you tell them is the first thing that they should be doing right now to remedy these situations that they could find themselves sort of getting mired in? Here's a, here's a great statistic. 70% of all positions are filled as a result of networking. And 70% of the 70% are filled as a result of people that you didn't know at the beginning of your search that you're introduced to along the way, which, te- which tells me that the network is incredibly important. I'm, I'm writing these down for my son. I'm going to tell him this as soon as, soon as we're done here. Great. So 70% of through networking or and 49% by people that you didn't know at the beginning of the search. So you gotta always be out there and build your network and concurrently put yourself in the position where you can be found where people looking for someone like you will discover you. So, for example, when you look for me doing a Google search, yes, there was a Jeff Altman who's a comedian, and he tends to have the top rankings. Understandably, he's been on David Letterman, has a bunch of comedy albums, been a bunch of movies. Jeff Altman gets all the attention he deserves. Very funny guy. And I'm the first one underneath that, ahead of an investment banker uh, in New York and a bunch of others. And the branding that I've done to help myself has really been about positioning myself as being different than the typical recruiter by giving people lots of great information, having them learn about me and discover stuff. Folks, you got to do some work in order to ensure that you get work. In order (laughs) to get the reward. Yeah, you got to put in the effort. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Easiest way to reach me is an email. Uh, my email address is Jeff Altman at TheBigGameHunter.us. Also, I want to encourage your, listener, uh, your listeners and, and viewers that uh, I'm going to be launching JobSearchCoachingHQ.com in the next few weeks. Head head over to the site. I've got a sign-up box. You'll only get one email from me, and that's the one that says, The Doors Are Open. Uh, and after that, no further emails. The list is going to be deleted. So it's going to be very inexpensive to work with. Tons of great content, more added uh, weekly. And access to me in terms of uh, questions and answers and getting advice about the job market. So again, JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. Okay. And for those of you, I always I always say this. Uh, Jeff has probably never heard me say it, but I say it to you every week. If you're on the treadmill, don't get off the treadmill. If you're driving in your car, don't worry. You know that I will put these links, this information on the show notes for this particular podcast episode. So keep doing those good things that you're doing and know that you can come back to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast and get this information. I'll give you Jeff's, uh, I'll tell you how to find him on LinkedIn and I will give you his email address and the uh, jobsearchcoachinghq.com so that you don't have to write that down either. I'll give you links to all of that so that you can, as my youngest son says, search him up. Drives me crazy when he says that. They've, so many things have, have turned into nouns that were verbs and verbs that were nouns. You can search him up, as my 17-year-old says. 
So Jeff, before I let you go today, uh, would you like to share a, an inspirational story or a quote? I ask every guest this before I, I let them leave. You know, the, the thing that comes to mind uh, is are people who've come to me at different times looking for help. And help doesn't, uh, the results of, of the help, the advice that you get, the efforts that you, that you engage in are never instantaneous. I wish they were, but folks wind up going through a lot of suffering by not being ready. And there's plenty of time now to take action. Unlike, you know, I remember a guy after 9-11 who was a client of mine and survived being in the towers and, um, you know, called me up a few months later, 400 resumes sent out, no results. And folks, I know you went through that in 2007 to 2010, of course, if not even more. There's ample time now to not be in that situation like these folks have been. And you just got to do your work now, get your finances in order now, because uh, that will give you more staying power and you'll land. Right. If and then, you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Bingo. Right? Good. You betcha. All right. Jeff Altman, the big game hunter. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's been great talking to you today. Same here. Thank you for taking time to, to share your wisdom with the audience. And out there, you know, every Tuesday afternoon around 1 p.m. Eastern, we release a new podcast episode of Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast with great guests like Jeff Altman, the big game hunter who can help you with your job hunting search. And it's better to start now than when you find yourself out of a job. That's one of the things that we learned today. Go back and listen to this episode again. There are a lot of writer downers in this one. So until next time, first, thank you, Jeff. And You're all welcome. of you out there, I would very much like you to take care. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.